In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When I was assigned to preach on the first Sunday of Lent, I knew it had to be about something concerning Lent. And I looked at the Gospel according to St. Mark to find out what it was it told me that was different from the others. And I found nothing. (laughs) The fact is, it didn't tell me anything about Jesus' temptations. If you look at Matthew and Luke, they give you a blow-by-blow of the devil's approach Here we hear only that he was tempted for 40 days, he was with the animals, and that then he went on and began his ministry. And I could, as a matter of fact, relate to this, and directly with something that we have been celebrating, at least I have been celebrating, since yesterday, the 50th anniversary of my ordination of the priesthood. And one of the things that strikes me is that At the end of the service, after two hours of solid liturgy, followed by a half hour worth of blessings and assorted greetings, I was down in the crypt of the Cathedral of the Incarnation in Garden City, and for a wonder I was alone for five minutes while I was changing vestments and things. And all of a sudden it hit me with crushing force. Now what? because I just spent seven or eight years preparing for this moment. But I hadn't been able to give much thought to what happened after that. What would it be like to be a priest? Well, I had to go up and continue. I presented with a fairly good ideal. I was one of the last clergy in the Episcopal Church ordained under the 1550 ordinal or it's more re- a couple of revisions later. One of the things you learn if you use the prayer book, the old one, is that Cranmer liked exhortations. And the exhortation for the newly ordained priest was a classic, and as a young man, I was told by my spiritual advisor to read it over every year on my anniversary when I renewed my priestly vows, and I've done that mostly. But the part that always struck me is it's one of those things that's just not translatable into modern English. Uh, One of the things it said was to list what it was you were going to be doing. He says, remember the weighty act and charge to which ye are called, that is to say, to be messengers, watchmen, and stewards of the Lord, to teach and to premonish, to feed and provide for the Lord's family, to seek for Christ's church, sheep that are dispersed abroad, and for his children who are in the midst of this naughty world, that they may be saved through Christ forever. Even in the old days, naughty always got a kick, a giggle. (laughs) But nonetheless, the question was, okay, that's the charge. What are you supposed to do? How are you supposed to fulfill it? Well, I didn't know then, I still don't know exactly, but I do know something I learned in 50 years, and that is, it isn't up to you. That is, at a number of points during my priestly ministry, I've really screwed up, I thought. I hurt somebody, or I did something wrong, or I made a bad decision. Sometimes because it was required to do so by the canons, 
uh, at other times just through pure sinfulness. Well, a couple of times I happened to, I had berated myself for a number of years about a couple of these incidents. And I went and I, two cases, I happened to meet the people again some years later. And I talked to them and I confessed my fault and they couldn't remember it. Here I thought I had damaged them and it didn't do, they couldn't remember anything at all. I'm not excusing myself because of that actually, but I am reflecting the fact that it wasn't my decision as to what happened, God was there. But the same thing is true positively. Uh, Every once in a while you find out something happened uh, that you hadn't expected and I was for six months a fill-in guest master at Mount Calvary. And then I did my best and then 10 years later, uh, I happened to be passing through on my vacation and I stopped by Mount Calvary to make a courtesy call to the visitor, to the brothers, just to say I was in the area and thank you. And some lady who was there under tree came and wrapped her arms around me and said, oh father, it's so good to see you. What you told me changed my entire life. And I was sitting there thinking, who is this? (coughs) Well, luckily, before I had to admit my ignorance, I managed to remember it. Well, what it was, was, as guest master, when some retreat group was there, I was trying to get 28 people settled in their rooms. And I was a trifle busy, and one lady, explained to me what she was concerned about while she was there, and I made a little platitudinous comment and got back to finding her and the others her place. Well, it didn't have anything to do with me. That was the thing she needed to hear just at that moment, and I was standing in the right spot. But it wasn't because I did anything, or I did, and I found that's useful both for plus and the minus, Remember that it isn't you who are in charge, it is God. It's God's world, God's providence for each person, and your job to do what you can while you are. And I guess that's part of being to teach and to premonish to feed and provide. But you don't do it, it isn't you. Well, that still leaves the problem of what exactly do you do if you're going to fulfill any of these things? Okay, I've got it straight, it isn't me, either positively or negatively. Well, what do we do? And I was thinking once of something happened to me when I was stationed in another house and everyone agreed this was a little difficult. I wasn't the only one who was causing difficulty and I just didn't know as a novice what to do. Uh, How should I respond? And so one day I was reading Sister Benedicta's words, translation of the Desert Fathers. And the first one, the first episode there is a thing which shows Appa Antony is worried whether he's going to get saved or not. What do I do to be saved? So an angel appears to him and shows him. It shows a vision of Appa Antony getting down to work. Then it shows Abba Antony getting up to pray. Then it shows Abba Antony getting down to work. Then it shows Abba Antony getting up to pray. Again, it shows him going down to work and getting up to pray. 
He says, do this and you'll be saved. Well, the implication is Father Anthony did it and was saved. But it did tell you there isn't anything special you have to do. It's to get down with the job. And I taped that on the back of the door of my room so that no one could see it who was coming in or when the door was open. But when I was going out, I would see it every time and I'd say, all right, Vajon, get down and do your work. Get up and do your prayer. And don't worry about the rest of it. Now, all of those things are part and parcel of our life. We're not here to decide or to do. We're to be obedient to God. And the thing is, that provides also for Lent. Lent is one of those times which St. Benedict says the life of a monk should be a perpetual Lent. He says, but because Lent, because monks can't agree with that nowadays, he says, at least be better during the 40 days. So our whole life is a life of episodes, periods of time. Now we got 40 days. What are we looking for during that 40 days? And one of the things that struck me was something that I saw here when I was a novice and was miserable as novices fairly often are. And I was looking, there were, a, we had two lines of, of uh, stalls in those days, and at the top was the old men, two or three of them regularly. And every time we got to Psalm 92, we got to the thing that says, they shall still bear fruit in old age, they shall be green and succulent. Well, it's not, of course, the succulent, but in any case, every single one of those guys was bearing fruit in old age. Now, I'd like to say that the outcome of all the rest of this is that we should bear fruit as a result of Lent. We don't decide what the good is. Those guys were doing it. Well, at the time, I thought, if this is what 50 years of life does to you, then maybe there's hope for me yet. So I'm still hoping for hope, but I want to say that that's the thing to look at. As you look at your Lenten discipline, ask yourself, what fruit is it bearing? Where are you leading? And remember, it isn't up to you to decide. It's for God. <clears throat> that, however, means that we have to do something definite. And that always drives me nuts because I don't like things being definite. I like lots of fine thoughts for Lent. And it says, be fast, fast give up something, take care of something, fast, pray. And well, whatever you do, it should be in the end leading you to mindfulness, to be mindful of what it is you are and hear and leave the rest to God. And that, perhaps, is a good way to begin Lent, to remember that Jesus was in the wilderness and he didn't know what was coming either. And now we are, all of us, on the same beginning, and we too are called to bear fruit, to do our best, and to leave God with the chance. To whom we give glory, calder, and praise, now and forever. Amen.